When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Hoop Ball. Today we are talking sleepers. Let's go. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Hoop Ball. My name is Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA. And as always, I am joined by the fantasy guru himself, Callum Mack. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, Mitchy boy. How are you going in this fine day? I'm doing excellent, man. It's uh, it's uh, We're in the depths of fantasy uh, preparation season. Um, we've got sleepers coming. We're soon going to have busts and deep sleepers, all the, the classic Good stuff that you love to see on a on a preseason uh, in the NBA. So I'm 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 keen to get right into it. It's it's tough to give away our secrets like this, um, but you know this is why they listen, right? Well, you have to give away the. Uh, I'll get your picks. Um, I'll steal them on draft day, which is coming up. By the way, draft day it's only around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Our draft day we're we're doing it pretty close to the start of the season, which is good. So all the information will be out there. But yeah, like you said, if you are if you're in a league with me, just um just mute the video. Leave it like just close it so you still you know watch the video, but um, but don't actually take into any account. Everyone else, you can listen. That's fine. Yeah, keep keep going in, and we'll we'll tell you all the good stuff. But if that's it. Like, yeah. sub- like, subscribe. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then put it to the side. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, like we said, we're going through sleepers today. We're using the Yahoo rankings as our guide because, uh, in in my opinion, in our opinion, we, we're Yahoo users, but also I think that they are probably the better rankings out of there of the big three sites. I know the ESPN rankings use point system, um, which we are obviously a big category league, guys. So this is a category league and usually for head-to-head rankings as well, where we are all about punting on this um, podcast and YouTube channel. So um, we are taking those into account. So let's let's not muck around anymore. Let's get into it f- straight away. We're going to break these downs into positions again, just to group uh, a few players uh, in similar sort of levels here. Let's go through the first few here. I'm just going to name a few, and then we'll discuss the ones that sort of take our eye. The first one, Bradley Beal. Um, at rank 15, we've got Darren Fox at 54, CJ McCollum at 58, 
Ben Simmons at 61, and Terry Rozier at 63. We'll just start with those five there, Cal. What's what's going on with these five here? Let's let's start with Bradley Beal at 15. This just sounds ridiculous, right? Like he's a first rounder through and through. Uh, like a late first rounder, yes, but um, he's definitely a first rounder. Yeah. Um, w- without Westbrook there, he he killed it the season beforehand. Can you guess what he was in the 1920 season? No. What what was he ranked? I've got, I've got it in front of me. All um, right, hit that's me. how prepared I am. Yeah, hit he me was with the some... 11th ranked player. There you go. Um, and I feel like he should be similar. To that, uh, I think that is pretty accurate. Um, this is, um, you know, according to no punt at all. So it yep. depends what you can do on, on different punt strategies. He could obviously be boosted up, but this has an overall. He was the 11th. I, I can see him replicating that. And then in certain punt strategies, you could go field goal, um, could go turnovers. Um, you could even go rebounds, something like that. But he um, he definitely probably is uh, the late round. I think I think around the 10 range is where I definitely would consider him. Yeah. I think I think he's a clear first rounder guy. Like yeah, like you said, back into the first rounder. But I think there's there's a very clear top thirteen in my opinion, and he's sort of in that nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen kind of spot. And and when you pair him with someone else like a Paul George or um, you know someone else like even a Fred Van Vliet or a Kyrie Irving, sort of in the second round there, you've got a really good start to your draft. He's going to be one of the leaders in scoring this this year. Um, you know, only came second to Steph Curry last year, just in a race down the finish of the season. So it's always good to start your fantasy draft, especially if you want to be competitive in that category, which most teams are. So uh, not like a huge amount in terms of spots, but when he's a very obvious first rounder to me, um, it just doesn't make sense to see him over there at 15. But we'll move on fairly quickly to the next couple of guys. Now, probably... Two of our guys, well, I think I think this guy's almost like the poster boy for me this season, and it's De'Aaron Fox at, uh, at 54. I just think that this guy is being slept on so hard in drafts, especially in category leagues, um, because he is, oh, in, in points leagues, he's actually even higher, but in a roto league, maybe not as much. Head-to-head leagues, this guy is potentially a top 25 player, it's, and if you're punting free throw percentage... He's a top 20 player. He gets, like, at the post-All-Star break last year, he was putting up over 28 points a night. Seven assists, a steal and a half, nearly two steals a game. Field goal percentage is great. His free throw percentage actually increased in the second half of last year to above 78%. So I just, I I can't see a world where I'm not going to take De'Aaron Fox after, you know, at least in the third round there because I just, I'm just seeing so much value here. And his ranking actually was at 47 and they've readjusted it and re-ranked him, and he's gone back a spot to 54, which is just it just makes me yeah I'm, I'm questioning all those kind of moves there because I don't know I don't understand it. Yeah, I think it just comes down to the free throw percentage, which is pretty odd. Like it is his worst stat. That that's kind of what you have to absorb and go for the full punt there. But there's so many good punt free throw players. I think it's fine. Um, he even gets you half a block a game, which for a point guard is sneaky really good. Not many guards can get you half a block a game. That that adds up. Um, definitely on a week-to-week basis, potentially as well. You could have a bit of a spike. So, look, I like I like Darren too. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he could go like in the kind of second and third rounds is where I see him going. Anything outside of that, I feel, is a bit of a steal for you. Yeah, 100%. If I just look on over on Basketball Monster, he was the 27th ranked player in a punt turnovers and a punt free throw percentage build. And that's not even factoring the fact that he had a bigger second half, the second uh, of last year, and also the fact that those assists and steals in that build are so valuable, you just you, you need to prioritize getting those before you get those big guys because you can get plenty of big guys later in that in that type of build and get a lot of value there. So 
Uh, I just think it's crazy that he's ranked in the 50s. I would happily take him in the third round, um, you know, even as high as the late second round if a lot of those other sort of punt free throw guys are off the, off the board like your LeBrons, like your uh, Zion Williamson's and things like that. Let's go on to your boy. This, this is probably a bit more of your guy. CJ McCollum at 58. I am in agreement that this is too low for CJ. Talk me through uh, where, where you'd want to draft him and where you think he should be uh, ranked more appropriately. Um, well, I think, yeah, 58 is way too way too low for him. Um, he was killing it last season, especially kind of before he did have an injury, and I think that's why he is this low. But people are kind of forgetting he was kind of like a top 30 player this big in the season. He was shooting lights out. It was like four and a half threes a game. It was just something absolutely absurd. And I feel like the coach... Um, look, there is a new coach this year, yep. but I wouldn't expect that to change. There was definitely a, a motive to get CJ firing away from three-point range last season. And, and he was hitting them. He's he's always shot high percentages. He just took more of them. And I think he proved that to us. And, and that really is kind of like what spiked up his value to into that 30s. So you can see he still gets points. Um, he can get you pretty reasonable assists. Um, his field goal isn't atrocious as well. Like it can be salvageable and free throw percentage is pretty good. He's a great player to have. He doesn't really hurt you, but I, I just think that spike in the threes, I, I think it should be maintained and I, I don't see the coaching change affect that at all. Yeah, look, it, it will be interesting to see how the coaching um, affects it. It's always, you know, different systems, different points of emphasis. There was a clear change in his game last year in terms of taking more threes. I wonder if that continues. Um, it seemed to be really effective and he seemed to be doing it very efficiently. So I don't see why it would. Um, and last year he was the 45th ranked player in eight category leagues. So without the turnovers, uh, obviously that's behind players like Siakam, Jamal Murray and Kawhi Leonard who are all injured this year. So move him up another three spots. There's 42. So there's already 16 um, spots of value there. Because, like you said, I don't think he's going to be much different this year. I think he's going to be exactly what he was last year. So it doesn't really make much sense to, to push him down to, to 58 there. So I am in agreement, and I do think that at 58, you, you've, got a, you've got a good bit of value there. Let's move on to another guard here, Ben Simmons-Simo from Australia. Obviously, I think there's a bit of um, concern about the trade and what's going to be happening there. But at 61, like... Look, how long do you do you think he's actually going to miss games? Do you think that he's going to push the trade so far that he's going to be sort of like, um, you know, staying out of the team and, and not playing games? Do you think he'll spill over into regular season? I don't think it will. I guess that did happen with Jimmy Butler, which you could be a bit worried about. But from what he's been saying um, and what the media has been telling us anyway, it seems like he's very much um, set to leave. And, and there's always some surprises in terms of these trades. I feel like, Toronto kind of came out of nowhere with the whole Kawhi Leonard situation. And they got him before the start of the season um, when, when those kind of bridges were burnt. And I can see this being similar. I think I can see a surprise team go for Simmons that we don't particularly expect, but it lets um maybe it's a three team trade as well. Maybe it's a three team yeah. trade that no one's really been talking about, but I guarantee those discussions are happening behind the scenes right now. And I'm pretty confident he will be on a new team on a, on a, by the side of the season. And I think it will be a positive outlook for his fantasy value. Yeah, like I think there's even if he misses part of the season, it's not going to be for long. Like these these teams can't afford to have this kind of a situation hang over their head for much of the season, especially a team like Philadelphia, who are like they're still trying to win the championship. Like they were in the playoffs there, they were one of the favorites heading into the playoffs. Obviously, they didn't perform, but 
They've got Joel Embiid, who was like a runner-up MVP last year. They're, they're trying to win. Not like, you know, the Rockets last year with James Harden or the Wolves a few years ago with Jimmy Butler. Those were like fringe playoff teams. This is a championship contending team, so they're not going to want to let this go for any longer than it needs to. If it spills into the season, well, then they've already screwed it up because, you know, the players and the chemistry and all those things, they're not going to get a chance to build that up. So I, I'm more confident with a player like that that it's going to be happening soon. And when it does, look, this guy, he was a top 40 player last year in a punt free throw percentage build, which is what you're going to be doing when you draft Ben Simmons. So if you're getting him in like the fifth round, that is enormous value. Huge assists, huge rebounds, steals, good blocks from a guard position, excellent field goal percentage. Um, The points, like you said, there's no real downside. I don't think he's going to go to a worse situation. There's no other team out there that's got a Joel Embiid who's clogging up the paint and just sitting in there taking up that whole usage. Wherever he goes, he's probably going to have more space, more room to get to the rim, which is what he's good at. Uh, so I can see his points coming back up and that field goal percentage impact coming back up as well this year. But everything else I think is going to be pretty similar. Yeah, well, I definitely, I think the points is the one thing. 14.3 is what he averaged. That has to come up. Has yeah. to, especially if he's traded. I, I reckon 18 plus. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's around where I would have him. I think he's going to be much more aggressive this year. Let's go on to another guard here. It's Scary Terry, Terry Rozier, your boy. Ranked at 63 on Yahoo. Um, he went he went crazy last year. He started shooting the lights out, especially early and sort of into the midway through the season. Um, last year, on a per-game basis in an eight-category league, he was the 47th ranked player. So they've got him ranked at 63, 15 or 16 spots lower than that. Again, you've got those injured guys off the board. So he moves up another three spots. So into the early 40s in ranking based on on last year's stats. They've gotten rid of Graham. He's no longer there. Well, I'm expecting more of the same from from, um, from Terry Rozier this year. Are you, are you in agreement there? Yeah, 100%. I love Scary Terry. He's my guy. I've drafted him again today in another fantasy draft. <laughs> um, he, he just like contributes everywhere. There's nothing he really hurts you with. 20 points per game. Four and a half rebounds for guards, okay. Um, you know, about four and a half assists, which is all right. 1.2 steals, reasonable field goal. It's not atrocious, 45%. He, he is a bit of a heat check guy, though. He, he can have some weeks where his field goal will hurt you. But overall, I still think he's a great investment. Um, 82% from the free throw line. Really high threes as well, 3.2, yeah. uh, which does sneak up on you. He does take a lot of them, and he does knock them down. Uh, look, I love Scary Terry. He's such a... Plus, uh, like a such a positive benefit to any team. Yeah, he he's that, those are pretty similar to like a CJ McCollum kind of numbers. They're actually really quite similar in terms of players. So uh, again, they fit a lot of builds. They even fit like a punt assist build if you need that point guard eligible player um, who's going to give you good threes and good percentages and things like that. So um, yeah, I think I think he's going to be fine. There was there's a bit of concern that maybe the field goal percentage takes a dip uh, from last year. Maybe the points come down maybe to like nineteen. 18 and a half a game, but it's not going to be a huge difference there. Uh, and especially if you're factoring in that, you know, in a punt field goal percentage build, then his value is going to be really high or a punt blocks build. His value is, is especially higher there. So I do think that there is a bit of value in Terry Rozier. Let's move on to the second half of these guards here. So some more undervalued or sleeper players. Let's go through the last five here. There's Darius Garland, D'Angelo Russell, Sorry, that's Garland at 73. D'Angelo Russell at 76. Kemba Walker at 77. We've got Kevin Porter Jr. at 90. And then Jalen Suggs at 111. Let's start with Darius Garland. 
He is one of my early picks for most improved player this year. I think he's going to take a step forward. He gives you all those beautiful guard stats, points, threes, assists, good free throw percentages, decent steals. Obviously, he's not going to give you the rebounds and blocks and the field goal percentages below par, but that's obviously not what you're drafting him for. And at 73, I think that's just huge value. I think he has a chance at being a top 50 player this year, especially if you're punting those big men stats. He soars right up the rankings, which I think is very... Very important to take into account. Yeah, I think um, he is probably a little bit on the sleeper range, uh, but I do also see some people this kind of reaching for him on the other hand. Yeah. So, look, 73, yes, sleeper, but um, I see a lot of people going out there and snatching him up around the 50 range. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's that good. Um, let, let, let's like be honest, he can't rebound the ball at all. Um, his field goal, I mean, yeah, look, about 45%. It's okay. I guess that's okay for a guard. Um, but look, the points, the points, I will say, I've, I've got to stats now pretty much after the all-star break. He, he's got about 19 points a game, uh, two and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. So the assists yep. are pretty good. 1.3 steals is pretty reasonable as well. And then the three throw percentage is actually really good at about 86%. Yep. Uh, but that only still ranked him in the round, the um, 80, um, no, not punting anything, but around the 80 kind of range for those last 23 games. So I'm not too sure. Um, I feel like he will take a jump. I actually saw an article today. They do um, the NBA execs get a bit of a survey. And um, oh, yeah. the question was, who's most likely to take the biggest leap forward, um, which is pretty much who's going to win most improved. It's just like reworded, really. And um, Darius Garden actually won that. So NBA Really? Okay. Apparently back in this guy. Um, yep. I think he's got a good season in mind. Um but look, 73, yeah, um, he could end up in the 60 range. if He, get, he could get his assist to eight a game. I think that's what he has to do. Has to jump the assist to a really respectable eight per game and, and score 20 points, which, look, is definitely achievable. Yeah, I, th- I think 100% it's there. And it's just because the reason he's down the rank is because he really is very poor in those rebounds and blocks, like 0.1 blocks per game, you know, two rebounds a game. That's horrible. But that's not what you're gar- drafting your guards for. Those things are kind of, you know, boosters in terms of rankings. But we both know, you and I both know, Cal, that you know rankings is not always the best way to go through your drafts. But I agree with you. Don't draft him at 50 because then you're, you're ruining all the value that you're going to get. Draft him at 60 or 65 or something like that. Go like a little bit earlier than 73 and then you've got more upside there for him to grow into, uh, especially, again, if you're punting those sort of blocks or field goal percentage or rebounds or whatever the case may be or all three of those categories uh, because he is going to be... Very valuable in that situation. Let's move on to D'Angelo Russell at 76. A bit of a similar story to Darius Garland with the caveat that his free throw percentage is not the best. He was the 81st ranked player last year in um, eight category leagues, but obviously injuries, 42 games played last year, only put up 28.5 minutes a game. So I expect that to go up. What are your thoughts on uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, in coming into the season? Yeah, look, I like his outlook. I can see his assists um, being similar to what they were in Brooklyn. Yep. Especially with Carlton Towns. Carlton Towns, you know, can hit the open three, that pick and pop game, which is really what fits into his game really nicely. They would definitely complement each other. Um, you'd kind of have to consider the whole punt field goal with him because he does take a few attempts. He might take about 15 shots per game and only shoot in the low, you know, 43 range. So that does hurt you. His 3-3 percentage last season, even though small sample size, wasn't amazing at yeah. about 76%. So... Something to keep an eye on. I'd like to think that would come up a little bit. Rebounds are pretty bad as well. So he's similar to the Garland t- yeah. type. But once again, look, he, he could be a walking 20 and 8, just like Garland. That's kind of like why you're drafting him for that ceiling. Who would you rather, D'Angelo Russell or Darius Garland? 
Um, me, me personally, I actually am a big D'Lo fan, and I'm, I'm weirdly into this Timberwolves team. I know, I think yep. you'd take um, Garland's, but I think I, think I would, I would. Go D'Lo. Yeah, I think I think I would go Garland just because of the free throw percentage. Um, but other than that, they're very similar players. I think that they're going to be putting up pretty similar statistical, you know, outlooks. I just think that the free throw percentage, especially in the team that I would likely be putting Garland into, is probably more valuable. But other than that, I think they're going to be nearly identical in terms of their stats. But um, so not much of a difference there at all. All right, let's move on to the next guy, Kemba Walker, the former Boston Celtics, obviously traded to the New York Knicks and uh, playing for Thibodeau this season. Um, what do we expect from, from him this year at 77? I think that on a per-game basis, he's going to smash this. There is a little bit of concern with those knees and playing whatever, 44 minutes a night under, <laughs> under Coach Tibbs. Um, but I think at 77, you, you can take that risk and you're going to get lots of per-game value. And if it if it blows up later, then then you can deal with it. Yeah, well, like, that's the thing. Like, he averaged 19, 4, and 5. Do you see that going up or down? I, I think that's going to go up, personally. I just think the minutes are going to be higher. I think he's no longer sharing the ball with Tatum and Brown. There's only really Julius Randle there. Um so I, I actually see those stats improving. Yep, and, and I do as well. It's just kind of like I feel like you do have to take the injury risk on with him. Yep. There could be something that happens. I don't know. That, yeah, as you mentioned, Tibbs like the players, guys. Um, so that's maybe why he slid a bit low. But um, I think 77, yeah, that's way too way too low. He could be a top 50 guy very, very easily. Yeah, on a per-game basis, he'll smash this. Yeah, it's just like where you draw the line in terms of your risk tolerance and who you've taken beforehand. If you've taken some risky guys, then maybe 77 probably makes more sense. If, if you've taken some solid guys who you feel confident in terms of their, their injury uh, history and things like that, maybe you take a swing him in you know, that 60 to 65 sort of area, and, and you've got potential for him to go even 15 spots higher than that on a per-game basis. Um, also, this guy, I think, I don't know if this guy's going to be a sleeper for long. Obviously, this ranking was there. Um, was it before the news that John Moore wasn't playing? I'm, I'm not sure if it was before or just after. Uh, but Kevin Porter Jr. at rank 90, he is going to smash this ranking. And I don't think this one's very secretive. Um, you do have to be aware of He's a bit of a Jamarant-ish type player in the fact that his percentages aren't great. The steals and threes, although I think they're a bit better than like a Jar, they're not excellent, but it's huge points and it's huge assists. Uh, and he's going to get the green light from day one. Obviously, John Wall not expected to play at Houston. What are your thoughts on Kevin Porter Jr.? Um, Kevin Porter Jr., I feel like, um, look, Nani is too low. He definitely is another guy who's going to put up points He'll get you assists. It looks like he's pretty much just got the starting point guard role. Yeah, John was not there. There's not um, many other he, point guards on this team, really. Yeah, exactly. So he, um, I guess, look, they just given him the keys. He averaged six um, assists per game with Houston last season when they pretty much gave him the keys once again. Only about 16 points, kind of inefficiently, about 42% from the field. You'd, you'd think he takes a step up. He'd have that big 50-point game, which a lot of people, you know, give him pretty high praise for. You'd, you'd like to think that um, he could have some explosions like that. Because 50 points is no joke. It, it no. shows that you can score. Um, so I guess that's kind of what you're banking on, that he um, does just take a leap forward, which I think he can. Yeah, I think I think he definitely can. I think he definitely suits himself more to like a points format and definitely um, more of a uh, head-to-head format over a roto. Um, so there are certain things that I think you've got to be aware of in terms of punting. Um, I think he's definitely going to be a big... Uh, punt field goal percentage guy, and the turnovers are going to be pretty poor as well. The free throw percentage isn't excellent either, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be too bad that you're going to have to overcome it. But yeah, I can see him averaging, I don't know, 20 and 8 with maybe 3 to 4 rebounds. He's going to get you maybe 2 threes a game. 
Um, you know, might be around a steal per game. And it's just, yeah, just those percentages you've got to look after. So I do think that his um, ADP will climb. We saw in our our most recent mock draft that um, Adam King of Hootball drafted him. I think it was close to pick 50 or 55 or something like that. That's a little bit high for me. I think in a category league, I want him more towards the 70s. I think just to to get that value. In a points league, I'm fine with him taking him there because you don't worry about the percentages and you don't worry about the turnovers as much. Um, but yeah, in the category leagues, I do want to take him a little bit closer to pick 70 uh, just to get that value there because there are a few holes to his game in general. Where, where are you comfortable drafting him? Um, look, I, I think 70. I think you got it right on the right ball, around the 70 range, 75-ish. Yep. Um, I think after 80... I'd be very, very happy. Yeah, on and, that team. and he could smash that as well. Like this is just so we we are getting value. We, you don't want to go too early on these sleepers, guys. You still want to get value. Don't like like you said before with some of those other players. You can get too ahead of yourselves, but uh, I think that that is a good spot to get him. Let's talk about the last guard here, Jalen Suggs, who uh, is ranked at 111. You and I are both big Suggs fans. I think that he is going to be. He has a chance. I think, even including Cade Cunningham, to be the highest ranked rookie. Uh, at the end of the first season uh, of fantasy basketball. Maybe not his dynasty long-term prospects, but I think he's going to be given the keys um, in Orlando, and I think he's going to take it. He's going to give you high steals, good assists. The points are going to be there. The percentages will be shaky, but you know that's the same with most rookies, and I think at 111, you've got very little to lose. I'd be very comfortable taking him in the 90s and even in the 80s at some point in competitive drafts. So there's like 30 spots of value uh, of upside there, I think, at that point. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm a big Suggs fan. 111 is way too low. He could, as you said, could be the best rookie on the board when it's all said and done. Yep. Um, he could get pretty good steals. You know, he's going to get minutes. Um, I think him and Cole Anthony actually will kind of complement each other quite nicely as well because um, yep. they're both, they can both work off ball as well. They can work with each other. I actually really like that um, that combo between the two. So Jalen Suggs, 111. Um, I, I'd be taking him inside the 100 if I could. Yeah! Top 100. Here we go. All right, let's move on to the forwards. We don't have as many forwards here, so we're just going to go through all of them at once. We've got four in this category. We've got LeBron James, Zion Williamson, back-to-back at 26 and 27. I've got Anthony Edwards because he's shooting guard, small forward eligible on Yahoo. And we've also got Jonathan Isaac at 125. Talk me through LeBron James here first. I'm probably less keen on this one than I think you are, but I do think that there is value at 26 in this one. They're, they're, look, there definitely is value. Um, LeBron is still the king. I think. I think twenty six is a bit low. Yeah, uh, it I is. Can definitely see him going like in the high twenties, maybe even in the teens. Yeah. Um, in, in a punt three throw build, he still is pretty valuable. I yeah. think that's always been his worst thing. Um, if you can pick up like a him and Zion, um, like a you know throw Giannis in there as well. Yeah, that's pretty oh. good top three picks. That's that's pretty deadly. Um, you'd be very very happy with that. I think so, I think uh, if I think, I'm... Uh, LeBron like he's going to come back healthy. Yes, he's trying to court with Westbrook, but this is still LeBron James. He's always the best player on every team. We, we <laughs> like we're just forgetting that. Yeah, no, he is obviously LeBron James. I think he's a good player to pair with a um, Le- uh, sorry a Giannis as long as you are punting those free throw categories. I would take Zion Williamson over him. I think he is the the number one uh, pairing of choice for that punt free throw build just because his uh, insane points and field goal percentage, I think his assists are going to go up as well for Zion. Uh, but LeBron's there as well. He's gonna, obviously going to give you more threes. So if you want to look after that category in threes, then LeBron's going to give you more than Zion. So uh, definitely someone you could take in the second round, in the late second round there, if you're a uh, Giannis owner. Um, 
But I have him. I have him behind Zion, who is ranked at twenty-seven, um, one spot behind him uh, there. So um, I think both of those guys, second-round players, Zion early, se- early second round, LeBron late second round, in my opinion. Let's go on to Anthony Edwards at fifty-four. This time last year, I don't think I was going to be saying this, but at fifty-four, I think this is much too low. I think he's. Uh, I think he's in for a big year. He's. Um, he's going to put up some big numbers. He did so at the end of last season. You know, second year. Uh, he impressed me a lot. What, where do you think he should be going in drafts, uh, Anthony Edwards? I'm glad you finally come around to him. I, yeah. um, I remember when we had the pre-draft pod and I was all Anthony Edwards. I, I said he should go number yeah. one. No, right you, now, I'd say you're right. Better. You're right. But um, look, he's, he's the man. I, I do love me some Anthony Edwards. Um, he was the 60th ranked player um, in the last 32 games. So pretty much after the All-Star break when he was getting better minutes per game and then when he kind of put it together, 23 points a game, five rebounds, three and a half assists. 1.4 steals and 0.6 blocks. Yeah. Um, defensive stats for a guard. Huge counting really, stats. Really, really good. Yeah. Uh, 45% from the field. His th- three throw percentage wasn't great at 76. Um, you'd like to think that does come up on five attempts per game. But look, I really like him. I reckon um, he, he can put it all together. He's got Carl Anthony Towns stretching the court a bit more for him because he obviously missed a fair bit of time last yeah. season. I think that should only really help um, just like it did with Jimmy Butler when he was there. Um, and then once again, D'Lo. I think D'Lo, he's, he's a good point guard. He'll get him, run some plays for him. Um, he kind of is closing games for them last season. I can see it happening again this season. Yeah, I, th- I think he, like it's his second year. He's going to get better. I was surprised by the defensive stats that were there, the steals and the blocks, which um, you know, just using his athleticism, he was able to get uh, in the NBA. And the assists that were there, I was I was also surprised. I thought he was going to be a fairly empty points guy, but but he proved me wrong. He hit a high volume of threes as well. Uh, was a much better three point shooter than I, than I anticipated. So he's he's got the full package. I think the percentages will be better. I'm still watching the free throw percentage. It was it was subpar, and if he increases the amount of attempts, that's going to hurt even more. So you have to factor that in. I don't necessarily think he's a punt free throw guy, but it is something that I am aware of, and I don't want to pair him with too many other poor free throw percentage shooters if you are trying to look after that category. So keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, I think at 54, you could quite easily... He, he potentially could be a top 30 player at the end of the season. I'm obviously not taking him there. If I can get him in the 40s, like towards the end of the 40s there, I think I've got a good pick there. Um, and I've got some big upside that I, I think I can capitalize on. Let's talk about someone a fair bit further back. Jonathan Isaac at 125 Obviously, you've got the uh, you're coming off the ACL. His ACL was done a fair while ago in the bubble, so he's had a, a fair bit of time to recover. Um, at 125, this is the range that if you take an injured player, you're not losing out on much value here. So, and he could be a top 50 player per game. So at 125, yeah, sign me up, sign me up, and and I'll I'll take that risk all day long. At that point, uh, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Isaac for the Orlando? Um, I, look, 125 is way too low. Um, look, I understand that the risk is there for injury. Um, but like anything, like even if you get him this inside the 100, I'd be pretty happy. This is like a bit of a fly. There's so much value to gain there. I'm looking at his 1920 season. Apparently, he was ranked 17. Um, I'm looking yeah. at it now. I'm surprised just by looking at it. But that's just because he had 1.6 deals per game and 2.3 blocks a game. Huge. Phenomenal. So good. Um, while also, you know, 47% from the field, 12 points. Like... Nothing else really shined at you, like um, like those counting stats on on the defensive end, but they really do matter. Yeah, they're, they're massive, and the fact that he is he was doing that when he had Aaron Gordon there, he had Vucevic there. Those players are gone now, and I think he is, along with Jalen Suggs, the the two guys that I think 
have the highest upside on their team and the two guys that they're going to be prioritizing building around because uh, I just think he's a very special talent. The risk of that is that they're going to be super cautious with him and they're probably going to maybe rest him on back-to-backs and things like that because it's a, he's a big body. He's had a few injuries early on in his career. ACLs, nothing to, to joke around with. So um, be aware that he probably will sit those back-to-backs, but uh, at 125, I'd be very happy drafting him in the 80s and 90s uh, and still be getting some good value there. Um, just making sure that I'm not drafting too many of those injury-risky players. All right, let's move on to the last positions here for sleepers. We've got some centers, three centers that we want to go through here. Um, the first one at 46 is Clint Capella. We've got Yusuf Nurkic at 59. And I still think Isaiah Stewart has a little bit of value at 67, although he has come in from where he used to be ranked at 120 um, at the start when Yahoo first opened. But let's first talk about Clint Capella at 46. You're smashing this value, especially if you punt in free throw percentage. Um, not too much more to add from this. I think we've talked a bit about Clint Capella in the past, but at 46, like that's just ridiculous. Hey, Cal. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, he's the fourth-ranked player in punt free throw percentage. Fourth. And that's because he... Um, that's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. I don't know. You, you can start check me, but... No, you're right. Best. Um, and that's when the, that's because he leads the league in rebounding. Um, he yep. will be just as good this season. Two blocks a game. Almost 60% from the field. Um, phenomenal stats. Yeah. Uh, and it, to, to pick it up that late, it's awesome. So... He really should be a third round pick at the latest in my mind. Yeah, I think, and this is, I've been beating this drum the whole time because there seems to be, I don't know, Rudy Gobert seems to be going in second and third rounds, and then you've got Clint Capella falling into like fourth, fifth rounds. And I just, to me, that the players are so similar in terms of what they give you. Yes, Gobert gives you marginally more blocks, but that could easily come down a little bit. And like at that point, it you're losing. You could easily take a player like De'Aaron Fox, a Ben Simmons, and then get a Clint Capella later and then sort of make up those stats that you missed out on getting a Gobert early. So um, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, Clint Capella at 46. I am also a huge fan of Yusuf Nurkic at 59. Now, I was one of you guys that if you drafted him last year early, you got hurt, you got burnt. I was there. I, I drafted him in a dynasty league. I drafted him, I think, uh, in the third round. And I was I was not very happy with it. He obviously didn't look good at the start of the season, then got injured. But at the start, at the end of last season, he started to pick it back up. He's got a new coach. He doesn't have to compete with Cantor with minutes anymore. Um, I think that he is primed for a bounce back year. And at 59, I think he can smash that value. I'm very happy drafting him just inside the top 50, sort of in that in that in those 40s kind of range. Once the big guys all come off the board, uh, I think he's I think he's in for a big year. Are you as Keen on Nurkic as I am, Cal? Yeah, I am. It's always just been health for him. He's got a huge ceiling. Um, he, he's a big that can get you assists, um, get you close to four assists per game. Yeah. Pretty reasonable steals. He can get you a steal a game at about one and a half blocks. Um, really good field goal as well at over 50%. So he um, he's a great player. Um, is he going to put up 20 points per night? Probably not. But it'll be like, I, I can imagine being high in the teens, 18 yeah. points. You know, Easy. 10 rebounds with those defensive stats. With four assists, is pretty damn good. Yeah, that, those are huge numbers. Like 18, 10, you know, four assists, a steal, a block and a half, good field goal percentage. The free throw percentage could even start to come back up. I, I don't necessarily want to bank on it, but, you know, in the in the bubble and sort of towards this, the year prior, he was getting close to 80% from the free throw line. But I wouldn't be banking on it. But, yeah, outside of like threes and free throw percentage, he's a positive in nearly every other category. So um, I can see him smashing that ranking. And Isaiah Stewart, um, over in Detroit, I think he, 
look, it's not as much value as it was previously, but I also think um, there's there's a huge run of big men in this kind of category, and he's kind of the last big man that I'm really confident in in giving you those huge stats in field goal percentage, rebounds, and blocks. Um, and there's not too much threat to his minutes. After him, you've got players like Pirtle and Mitchell Robinson, who I'm less confident in. I think that they're sort of a tier back. Um, so I'm I'm very happy to take Isaiah Stewart. I think he could potentially be a top 50 player, uh, especially in some uh, punt free throw builds and things like that. Uh, what are your thoughts about Isaiah Stewart? Well, that's the thing about Isaiah Stewart is um, his three throw percentage isn't that bad. It's salvageable. Yeah, he, he showed about seventy percent on low, um, you know, attempts per game. Yeah, and and he he's definitely someone that can give you about twelve points, eight rebounds, and his blocks would, would be upwards of one and a half, I imagine, and that's kind of why you want him. Um, he could be similar to Rashawn Holmes in terms of what he's producing. Yeah. And and right now he's being drafted in like the 30, 40s. So yeah, like 20, um, 30 spots like behind. Yeah, 30 spots behind Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, sign me up. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm all aboard that. Um, I had a debate with uh, Josh Lloyd the other day that I, I think I would take him over to Marge Rosen and I stand by it. All right, well, that will do it for our sleeper show today, guys. Uh, if you agree with our picks, give us a thumbs up. If you disagree with our picks, give us a thumbs up anyway, but let us know why you disagree. We love having all these chats and discussions with you guys. It's all love here, so uh, make sure you give us a comment down below. Uh, if you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, make sure you drop a five-star rating before the season starts. Uh, and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. We are putting out new videos throughout the whole preseason and into the regular season. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. See ya. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.